This is Haunted Garage. I'm your host, Frankie, and with me, as always, Jeremy David King. So strap in, smash that pedal, and ride with us down the paranormal highway. Let's debunk and find the truth behind every ghost story in the world of transportation. Welcome to Haunted Garage. Let's rev it. Welcome back to Haunted Garage. I'm your host, Frankie Cambaletta, and with me, back in the action seat, back in the co-pilot seat, back in my, being my goose, my Iceman, my wingman, the guy that makes everything happen here on this side of the shift stage, the guy that gets you off the stage, the guy that gives you the hook, gives you the 86 sign. The best star pilot in the galaxy. Jeremy David King. Hola, como estas? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. I'm glad to be back. I know. You had some... uh, some nice issues with the old 78 key fob laser well there's yeah that uh it went from uh needing uh well we thought it was a torque converter to like a full engine rebuild let's just <laughs> just totally redo the whole truck so basically you deal in classic cars <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much i mean that's that's essentially what it is i mean when you when you're when you're dealing with these cars they all have their own little quirks, and they all have their own little uh, haunted things, or little gremlins, as we say in the engine. Oh, yeah. Tons of them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you drove the Catalina all the way down to where I live to store it in the garage, and as soon as you parked it, it died. <laughs> I had, Well, let's not forget that I had to have a guy on a lawn tractor uh, give me a jump. Yes, and we're going to post these pictures, guys. We feel that this is a paranormal show that involves cars, and yes, the Catalina was... Basically, Jeremy was just kind of trying to make it look pretty when he brought it yeah. to the city, and he was going to you know, hose her off. Yeah. Had, and some, had some bird droppings. <laughs> I had a power washer handle explode in my hand at a car wash. Yeah. I kid you not, a John Deere lawn tractor jumped the car. Because <laughs> it's 12 volt there. I, yeah, I thought all lawn tractors like that were 6 volt. Nothing runs like a deer. This is true. Is there a hammy in there? I mean, maybe a one-cylinder. It had 12 <laughs> horsepower. I know, because, like, the last show I had, we had Lily on, and she did a great job. Yeah, she had great energy. Yeah, she was great. And um, But, like, me and her have gone back and forth with our with our drops. And so she added a couple drops. You know, she wanted to edit the show. and Yeah. But, like, you know, we didn't – I know a lot of people talk to me, and they said, man, love the show, love her energy. She's awesome. Got to have her back. But – Hey, we kind of missed when you guys brought up Ford that you didn't, you know, you didn't. <laughs> you just said it. Oh my I gosh. Did. And for good reason, because it is the four letter word that we're not supposed to say in this show. And every time we do say it, there it is. You know, I'm thinking that we should give uh, Fabian, you know, like a swirly plus a atomic wedgie because he owns one of those Ford Exploder. I love my Ford Explorer. Okay. Watch your language on this. Children, listen. His third Ford Explorer in the last year. It's my first. Don't lie. That I own. The federal government's given me a couple that have broken, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) Uh, One of the things that we we are going to start doing is if we have the time to bring in some of our crew 
from our paranormal team to join the show towards the end of it when me and Jeremy go through the story, go through the haunting, go through the, the tech specs, but also try to find where the science meets the paranormal. And so we want to have that third voice when we have it kind of debate with us at the end of the show what that's all about. Upcoming shows are going to include Bonnie and Clyde, the entity in the IROC, and of course, Burpingham. Uh. There it is. Can't wait for that one. Very gas-filled. Very excited. Shout out to our boys at Creeper Cove, Creeper's Cove over in KC. Shout out to our boy Madman with Radio Wastelands. Love you guys. Always giving you guys some spotlight. Make sure you check out their Instagram pages at Creeper's Cove and Radio Wastelands. Pretty cool dudes. They always have um, some great commentary for me on our posts from Haunted Garage and our car specs as well. So as we get into it, tonight's topic, Jeremy, is Lincoln's Ghost Train. Lincoln's Log. Wait, no. That's I <laughs> used to play with those. <laughs> it's not Lincoln's Log tonight. I'm not I'm not sure we could say that. Although when he arrived at the <laughs> he last station. like a log. <laughs> it's terrible. Yep, it's us, and we're back. And in a couple minutes, you're going to see how crazy this story gets it's on the crazy train. On a bus! Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, Jeremy, on April 14th, 1865. That's right. Lincoln was watching a play at the Ford Theater in Washington, D.C. Do you know what play it was? Our American Cousin. That's correct. For 1,000 points or a nice kilo of Black Rifle Coffee, which (laughs) nobody claimed. We had so many downloads on the last show, but nobody claimed the coffee. So guess what? We're going to run that ad at the halfway point here. But for right now, we're going to move on. His assassination happened just five days after the Confederate surrender at Appomattox Courthouse on April 9th, 1865. Lincoln's funeral was on April 19th. 1865 in the East Room of the White House, which is why the White House is alleged to be haunted. We'll get into that in a little bit. Lincoln laid in state at the Capitol on April 20th, 1865. The seventh state, 100, and this is correct, Jeremy, here, 180 city funeral procession left Washington, D.C. on April 21st, 1865 and arrived in Springfield, Illinois, on May 3rd for the funeral on May 4th, also in 1865. They say by May 2nd, the body was so discolored that the crowds coming to see Lincoln were becoming upset at the site. But what did they really expect, Jeremy? I mean, it's He 18... had been dead for like two or three weeks at this point. In 1865, which yeah. we should note again, that although there was embalming, in the Civil War, it was basically baking soda and vinegar. So, yeah. I it, mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The funeral procession reversed the route that Lincoln took to Washington, D.C. in 1861 as a presidential elect. Lincoln was removed from the train for a public viewing at all 180 stops. This is crazy to even think about. Yeah. 180 cities the dead president visited. And I mean, this is only in the in the period from uh, April twenty first to May third. 
that's a lot of cities in you know just over 10 days that's just crazy lincoln laid in state in the east wing of independence hall as earlier stated the funeral procession was witnessed by a six-year-old future president teddy roosevelt while looking out the second floor window of his grandfather's union square mansion on broadway in new york city his son willie lincoln who passed of typhoid fever in 1862, was disinterred and was also on the Lincoln special for the journey back to the family plot in Springfield, Illinois. Young Lincoln was 11 when he passed. The United States was designated as the president's official mode of transportation. The United States being... The name of the train car. Which, not to be confused with... The country. It is the stupidest name for a train. (laughs) It just really is. I was really confused doing the research. I know. I was like, wait a minute. Is this the United States? No, it's the train. Oh, the train is the United States. Unlike the dollar bill, which also says the United States. (laughs) (laughs) It got really confusing because... So, there's the name of the train, the whole thing. There's the name of the train. They refer to it as the train, but it's just the car. Right. And then the locomotive has different, you know, then that's a different thing. Like, I I learned a lot about trains. Yeah. (laughs) Toot, toot. So now that we've designated the name of this train, which will change again in a little while, but right now, known as the United States, was designated as the president's official mode of transportation. And construction began in 1863. Now, watch the dates here. It was finished early in 1865, the same year that Lincoln dies. But how much crazier can this train get? Well, Lincoln avoided the subject because he thought the train car was a waste of money. He finally agreed to view the train car on April 15th, 1865. He didn't make that appointment. Well... He kind of made he that He was point. there, but... Posthumously? It's not really the same. The funeral train had nine cars. It carried 300 passengers that accompanied the body and was dropped. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we talking train specs here? Let's toot, toot it. <laughs> One of the notable locomotives that was used was the old Nashville number 33 and it had an estimation of 1200 horsepower 1200 horsey porsies <laughs> it sounds like a lot but you think about how much a train weighs it's a lot of horsies and they're pulling a lot the word locomotive originated from the latin loco from a place a blade of a locus place and the medieval Latin motivus causing motion, and his shortened form of the term locomotive engine, which was first used in 1814 to distinguish between self-propelled and stationary steam engines. The train was built by the U.S. Military Railroad, and this was the precursor to the U.S. Army Transportation Corps. The com- <laughs> The common locomotives would have been the 440, but also a 460, uh, was employed on one leg of this 
journey. You're definitely going to have to explain what the 440 versus the 4460 is, sir. So the, the numbers are actually the designations for the wheel placement on these trains. So the first number is actually the leading wheels. The middle number is the number of drive wheels. And the last number is the number of trail wheels, trailing. And so the 440 would have four lead wheels, four drive wheels, no trailing wheels. For you at home, that's eight wheels total. These trains back then weren't actually rated in horsepower, but in tractive effort, or known as tractive force, which is different from torque. It actually has to do with the, the friction the wheels spun on the actual rails. So it's kind of, it was difficult for me to understand. This train would have been rated at 11,500 pounds of tractive force. Which makes me so happy. I mean, that sounds really awesome. It's just so, it's just, I can just feel the eagle screaming. <laughs> to put the horsepower to the tractive force debate in perspective, the Union Pacific big boy locomotives, these were kind of famous like in the 40s, 50s, they were rated at somewhere like six to 7,000 horsepower mm-hmm. and had a tractive force of 137,375 pounds of tractive force. 137 pounds of tractive force coming at you all iron. I mean, that would be, that's a lot when you think about that. The locomotive would have weighed 30,000 pounds and would have had a bipolar boiler pressure of 130 pounds. Again, you know, that doesn't sound like that much to me. Can you please make a sad cartoon called the Bipolar Express? <laughs> it's Christmas, but who cares? This train is powered by Seroquel. <laughs> The steam locomotive would have been fueled by wood, and coal would have been more common later. If you've been to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, then you might have been a passenger on the original 440 steam train, as the steam train at the Magic Kingdom was originally built in 1916 for the United Railways of the Yucatan. This has been Train Specs with Jeremy David King. And now we pause for station identification. This is the High Gear Network. Freedom is a feeling of open awareness that regardless of where you stand or who you stand on, it is your right, whether left or right, blue, red, or even mauve. Freedom is the American way. And now you can be a lucky listener to taste that freedom. Simply reply with, I want to taste freedom on our coffee post for your chance to win a kilo of Freedom Rose from Black Rifle. The first one to comment takes home the kilo like cocaine bear on a morning stride. Black Rifle Coffee, the taste of freedom. And now back to our show. So now we get more into the fun part of this train. Now that we know that it stopped in 180 cities, we know that his body deteriorated the whole way through it so the impact of of his carcass as you would put it uh was terrifying as it approached the 180th city so a lot of this stuff stayed with people 
And Lincoln is actually one of the most prominent ghosts in the White House, having even been reported by other presidents. Marine Reagan, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, Winston Churchill, and a president that attended Lincoln's funeral procession, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy. So he is very prominent at the White House. If you guys haven't visited the White House, I don't know what it looks like today with everything going on in the world. And it just, it seems pretty hectic to get inside the White House these days. But if you do have a chance, I don't know if there's a ghost hunt there, but that would be an amazing place to ghost hunt. Probably not going to happen. When I was there, I was there in 96. And I asked that and they were like, no. (laughs) I was like, I just want to go into the basement and see the cat. Right. Because there's there's a cat. There's a story of a, a ghost cat in the White House that precedes like tragic events. Oh, that's crazy. So when you see it, something bad's going to happen. Yeah, it's like the moth cat. So Willie Lincoln, actually the son that died of... (laughs) (laughs) That was a slow burn joke there, huh? (laughs) This thing about the moth man, but like a cat. So... To conclude on the day, Lincoln was buried on a Thursday, May 4th. The day of Mr. Lincoln's Springfield funeral was a scorcher. At 10 a.m., the doors to the State House were closed, and Mr. Lincoln's body was prepared for burial by the undertaker and embalmer. The coffin was carried to an elegant hearst, finished in gold, silver, and crystal. It was lent to Springfield by the city of St. Louis. The procession was led by Major General Joseph Hooker and followed a zigzag route from the State House, past Mr. Lincoln's home, past the governor's mansion, and on to the country road leading to Oak Ridge Cemetery. The hearse was followed immediately by Lincoln's horse, Old Bob, wearing a mourning blanket. Mr. Lincoln's only two blood relatives in attendance that day were his son, Robert, and his cousin, John Hanks. Mrs. Lincoln was still in mourning in the White House. The procession was the largest spectacle the Midwest had ever seen. Upon arrival at the cemetery, the coffin was laid upon the marble slab inside the tomb. Willie's little coffin was also placed inside the tomb. The funeral oration was given by Bishop Matthew Simpson, who had been chosen over every other minister in the United States for this sad occasion. Simpson gave an extremely eloquent address. When Simpson was finished, Dr. Phineas Desmore Gurley read the benediction. The crowd then watched as the gates of iron and the heavy wooden doors of the tomb were closed and locked. It was over at last. That is, of course, if you don't believe in the paranormal. But you see, the last couple episodes that we've done, we've been pretty much able to debunk or find the science behind the reasoning. Whether it was Franz Ferdinand's car that mysteriously made all these accidents, yet the frame never showed those accidents. It did show that Franz Ferdinand was killed in it, that there was an explosion that affected the back of the car, but there was no rollovers, there was no frame damage. But in this particular episode, the ghost train of Lincoln does carry some merit. And as you'll see, the ghosts of the past can truly make an impact, whether it's on the railroad or in a White House. Lincoln's ghost train is reported to make its eerie run on the tracks from Washington, D.C. to Springfield, Illinois on April 21st, the anniversary of his death. People have reported seeing a white ghostly train and hearing the whistle. On September 6th, in 1879, the Wichita Herald in Wichita, Kansas, published an article. It was a phantom train, stating a writer 
interviewed the night Switchman formerly employed with Hudson River Railroad. Here is a condensed version of his eyewitness account. I've seen the phantom train, the old man said in a tone such as he might have had someone denied the fact. I've seen the phantom train more than once. Impressed by the earnest manner of the old man, and influenced no doubt by natural curiosity to hear a ghost story in which a train played the leading part, the raider requested the old man to recite his ghost-like experiences. He complied without delay and began. It was April. 1865, the President Lincoln's body was brought over the road. I did not see the train as I was no great reader of the newspapers. I saw no description of it. I want you to remember this. Just one year after the funeral train passed over these roads, I saw its ghost. It was at my post waiting for the Midnight Express which was due about 12.30 in the morning. I'd read the assassination and I knew the president's body was sent west, but I was sick of bed when a train passed my station and I didn't see it. It was the night of April 24th, 1866, as far as I can remember, that I first saw it. It was a phantom train. I was at my switch station, and I had a good while to wait before the next regular train was due. I was about to retire into my little house when I heard a sullen, rumbling sound that gave me warning of the approach of a train. We expected a freight train that night, which was to leave half a dozen cars on the sidetrack, and the noise I heard seemed to me to come from that train. Knowing that there were no regular trains on the road at the night hour, except freights, the Midnight Express had passed before I heard the Phantom Train. I fixed the track accordingly. The switch was so set that the train could run upon it and detach such cars as was designed to leave. While I arranged the first switch, the rumbling in the distance became louder and louder, and I knew that the train was not far away. I posted myself at the upper end of the siding in order to make no more delay than was absolutely necessary. Just as I had completed the arrangements, I heard a sullen roar made up from thousands of different noises blended together. Looking down the road, I saw a headlight whose power and intensity had never seen equaled in my experience of 30 years. There was a chill about the air that I could not understand i saw along the main track with reckless speed a locomotive draped from one end to the other in a cape carrying at least a dozen little flags also shrouded in crepe on her side rails i could read the name as she passed by me it was the constitution and i could see three men as plainly as i see you one had his hand on the lever and was peering out in the night as if a search for something on the track another was shoveling coal into the furnace and making a deal of noise about it and a third dressed in black with crepe dangling from his arms and encircling his stiff high hat sat upon a stool doing nothing you ask me how I saw so much in such a short time? I can't explain it. All I know 
is that I saw what I'm telling you. There was something ghastly in the face of the men, but that might have been a cause for the terrific rate at which they were speeding along. As soon as the Constitution had passed, I ran to the lower end of the siding to fix the switch, which I feared somebody had been tampering with. It was just as I had left it. While I was puzzling my head over the mysterious engine, a second headlight threw its reflection upon me and I saw another black draped locomotive. It was not going as fast as the first, but making what we used to call express time, say 35 or 40 miles an hour. I could scarcely see any of the iron and steelwork of the engine. So thoroughly was it covered with crepe, ribbons, and black cloth. The handrail was hidden from the sight by masses of crepe as was also the steam chest, and in front of the boiler was a heavy fold of black cloth. Even the smokestack had steamers of fleecy crepe and ten little national flags that ornamented the handrail were shrouded in that same material. Just below the window of the cab, I saw a portrait frame in wood as black as ebony. It was that of the martyred president. I could see the faces of the engineers and brakemen and several passengers who were seated near windows whose black curtains were raised. They all looked pale and ghostly, but those who moved at all moved naturally and transacted their business in just about the same way that Nay and other train hands would have done. I expected to see her turn off upon the siding, but she didn't turn off. Instead of that, she kept right on along the main track as though there were no such switches in the world. The cars followed her as easily as though the going was clear, and in a few seconds, all that I could see of the train was the lamp of the flagman on the rear car. Have you ever seen the phantom train since? said the reporter. Yes, twice. And both times on the anniversary of that night, nothing was changed, not even the wreath of flowers, which was still fresh, replied the night switchman. Once the ghost train passed by, railmen have reported that their watches have lost up to eight minutes. The night switchman stated in his eyewitness account, he could not explain how he saw so many details as the speeding locomotive passed by. It's natural that Abe's ghost should be so active because Lincoln also believed in spirits. Before his assassination, he confessed that he had a death dream. Lincoln stated, The thing has gotten possession of me, and like the banquet's ghost, it will not down. I heard subdued sobs. I left my bed and wandered downstairs. I kept on until I arrived in the east room. There I met a sickening surprise. Before me was a conflac of what rested a corpse in funeral vestments. Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as gods, and there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse whose face was covered. I asked the soldier, who is the dead in the White House? And the soldier responded, the president. He was killed by an assassin. Lincoln often invited crystal ball gazers to the White House to summon up spirits from beyond the grave. Many years later, after the story of the Phantom Train was published in several newspapers, 
track walkers and section hands would sit along the railroad track in the early evening on the anniversary of that fateful day, watching to catch a glimpse of Lincoln's ghost train, just to roll by. That is the story of Lincoln's ghost train. And now for the next 10 minutes, we're going to shoot around a little bit with uh, Fabian Rodriguez, who's here. He's on our team, our paranormal team. And we thought this was a pretty um, fascinating story, being that Fabian does have a minor in history um, and loves history, knows a little bit about the such circumstances. But from, from the standpoint of this, this is tough to this is tough to prove from the scientific end. Like we couldn't have said a train passed by for a switcher and be like, oh yeah, it was just a train, dude. You were just sleeping and you got caught up in the moment. This is actually the anniversary, right? It's a year later. So when when we're looking at this one, this one's kind of eerie, but it is the only account to date that people rest their laurels on as being the phantom train. Now, some people have heard the train whistle. Some people have heard, seen the headlight. They claim to hear the train and it passes, but they never see anything. I mean, in all reality, the 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 areas that they're talking about and describing it could be easily another train just down the line where it's just echoing forward. The, the, there's just too much. And from what I've been reading and gathering in my own research is that everything has all come from this one article that was written 10 years after the fact, too. It was a, it was a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a minute, but he did claim to see it more than one year. Twice he did, he did. I just don't think that there's uh, enough evidence there to say, yeah, this is there's truly a ghost train rolling from New York to Springfield, Illinois, on a given day every year on right. April twenty first, which is just around the corner. And if you live in the Midwest, you're not that far from where this thing is alleged to have appeared. And they and there's claims all along the path, and you know, like this one says the 21st, which is the day that the train left. I've seen other things where they say, oh, it passes through this this city on this date, which would have coincided to when the train actually passed through. But I can't find any first-hand accounts. They're all like second-hand accounts. Like, oh, I heard that. This happens, and you know they hear the whistle, and people are losing, time, you know, like eight minutes of time on their watch. Sure. But no firsthand accounts anywhere. Like everything that I came well, up. With. I mean, from from what I've read um, during my research, the line, main line that they were traveling on was subdivided by a bunch of different companies, but mm. it was all standard lines. And during the Civil War, that line was heavily used to move munitions to and from the campaigns here in the Midwest all the way back up to East. So if we're going on the, on the premise that there's paranormal activity of repeated, repeated events, we could, it could easily not be just, it could be just another train. Right. Right. Cause they would use the train to transport the dead. Then Gettysburg alone, we lost 50,000 people in a couple days <laughs> of fighting. Yeah, and to be specific of, of Gettysburg, I think that if you are, you know, in the realm of and Lincoln and, and, and Lincoln is a president, and that could be a total other podcast because there are twisted sides of Lincoln. We always see this this president as like one of the best presidents because of the abolitionist. And, you know, there's a lot of flack about all those papers, and I think that it'll eventually come out that 
you know, you have to keep history relevant to the times. At the same time, when you look at Gettysburg, if you're a skeptic of the paranormal, probably should be the first place you head. I mean, yeah, you, you lost 50,000 men in three days. And to put that in perspective, um, take a small town or a town that you live in and look at the population. There's a population not too far from here that has about 47,000 residents, and that wouldn't have been enough. So if you can imagine an entire city dying in three days. Um, it would be just under the population of Decatur. Yeah, yeah, Decatur, like Illinois. 60-something thousand, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy to think that that happened in three days. I mean, they had stacked bodies, limbs, uh, and not to mention all the injured people. Just piles, That's just the dead. Yeah, just piles of amputated arms and legs. And I think that the thing you shared recently was the ghost of Gettysburg when people were driving. That's mm-hmm. hard to debunk that one. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a, it's mm-hmm. been a hot minute, but yeah. You, you, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can check that one out online. Just say Ghost of Gettysburg on the side from the car. It'll come up on YouTube or whatever. That's that's pretty hard to, to, to debunk. That there is something happening in Gettysburg, whether you believe in paranormal or not. The, the, the events that occurred on just that one battleground is it, it just gruesome and There's incredible so and very claims. heavy. There's so many claims. Well, there. law enforcement has recorded claims, at least with the Gettysburg one, where they've gone out because of they've heard gunshots, cannon and fire. fire out there, and you can. There's actually on YouTube you can hear the uh, the 911 operator. You hear this gunfire, yes, and then you hear the law enforcement. I'm out here. We're being fired upon, and come to find out, it was nothing. It right. was it was something. You can even hear some of the gunshot fires. That's insane. There's the so radio. many. Yeah, it's, like it's pretty uh, crazy. Pickets charge. Yeah, or a picket charge. Yeah, yep. they, they said if you if you uh, whistle Yankee Doodle Dandy, it like provokes them, and and you can hear gunshots like whiz past you. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I would do that. You in? And you know what's crazy about Gettysburg? Uh, linking it back to Lincoln, um, is Gettysburg is not that far from Washington D.C. Right, right, right. The the intent was to surround and eventually invade DC to hope for a surrender. That way, they can keep the Confederacy. That was Lee's hope. Well, um, Lincoln could see the battle from in some of his writings. He could even hear the battle from DC. That's how close they were. There were people from Washington DC that would go out to the battle within those three days and watch it from the hilltop. That's how crazy. I didn't realize it was, it was that close. Yes. Yep. Was it like maybe a couple of hours by horseback? Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's about an hour's drive outside yeah. of uh, out right into Maryland. So, I mean, the, the entire yeah, the entire valley was trying to be was the intent was to be captured by the Confederacy. Obviously, didn't work out too well. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's really crazy, and and that's what really stirred Lincoln to do the address from Gettysburg to be that close to that and watching the death and devastation that occurred in that that single battle. And then you, um, and then you look at, uh, I th- it wasn't too far after that. I think is when he had that premonition where he uh, the second time where he thought he was going to get himself killed. Right. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and according- that was only a couple of weeks before he was killed. Well, not Gettysburg. Gettysburg, I think, was what eighteen sixty three. Oh no, I was talking about the premonition. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm mistaken. Yes. Then yeah. yeah I was, but yeah. Yeah, once again, if you want to hear some weird stuff about the assassination 
of Abraham Lincoln. You can find that on our podcast on a single shot called Railroaded. Gives you really inter- interesting insight into Abraham Lincoln. And to Fabian's point, yeah, this uh, Gettysburg sits about an hour and a half outside of Washington, D.C. Um, back then, you probably would have been a half a day by carriage. Um, being that we go 60 miles an hour, it'd probably take you about an hour and a half in a car um, at 60 miles an hour. So, yeah, it was definitely a, a close ride. But for, for Lincoln and for his ghost train, the story is exactly that. It comes from a switch operator. Um, could it have been another train? Uh, I think that he makes clear that it might, it couldn't have been because of the way the switches were operating, that it would have run amok and kind yeah, of went into the, yeah. Derailed. So, yeah, <laughs> it derailed. And that has happened. It continues to happen. It still happens. So, yeah, I mean, like, I want these types of paranormal events. I think that would be really cool to witness, right? We always talk about, I mean, an entire show niche is is transportation hauntings and stuff like that. So to see an actual ghost train kind of coming at you would be pretty cool. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I wish there really was more to this. But if you do want to uh, try to... Uh, do a ghost hunt on April 21st and the 24th as well. Yeah, I heard of 24th. So that week, you know, hanging out at that station um, could possibly yield some interesting even EVPs or, you know. You know, it's not hard to, you can find the, what do they call it, the uh, itinerary Mm -hmm. of where the train was. If I was going to chase this train, I would look at that itinerary and be in those stations on that date, you know, because it there does is make some, sense. Yeah. there's validity to the anniversary date. There's a lot of, you know, paranormal stories where it's, you know, the anniversary is when it happens. Could, sure. Could it be because of the emotional attachment to well, the it could be residual. Of the time? It's residual. It could, yeah. be, it could be either. There was definitely some emotional because t- the whole country's in strife when this happens. Right. We're, well, we're the, being what is it, like three apart. quarters of the population was yeah. either wounded or dead at that point? <laughs> That's yeah. pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys go, let's go around real quick before we end this show right before the 40-minute mark. Do you believe there's validity within the ghost train of Lincoln? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say if you happen upon that between the April 21st and 24th, you might catch a glimpse or hear something kind of mysterious. I'm going to say that maybe there is some legitimacy to this one because of the emotion that surrounds it. What do you think? I think, what do you so. Say? I think so too. I think so too, especially with the given, given the, the nature of it, right? It's the president of the United States just got whacked, you know, and you're going through a civil war. Yeah. You just yeah. came out There's of it. There's a lot of emotions mm-hmm. The the, I, I haven't heard of any sort of like, you know, funeral procession like this. 80, uh, 80 cities? No, 180 cities. Yeah. It was seven some... states. Three, you know, what was it? It wasn't quite three weeks. I think it was 12 days, is actually what it was. 12 days. And, you know, all the rigmarole with that. There's a train full of 300 people following this. Not only is Lincoln's body on it, his son's body's on it. We're going through a civil the Civil War effectively just ended right uh, five days before he was shot. So yeah. you're you're three weeks by the end. You're three weeks, you know, after the Civil War has effectively ended. Uh, I think there's a lot of validity in that impression of emotion yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with i'm with jeremy on that that's that's, that's that's like a giant sledgehammer of emotion said and, and slur, thrown on it not to mention metal on metal with the train yeah true you know that's another <coughs> conductive yeah yeah 
and all that resource. stone you don't know what you know they could be a lot of quartz in that stone i'm not sure exactly what kind of stone they put the railroad beds in the the ballast yeah I'm yeah not, so there you go you have quartz. three thumbs mm-hmm. up on the lincoln ghost train the probability of this might be quite high so if you catch yourself near a railroad you'd be sure to check it out uh from all of us here at the haunted garage i want to thank our guest fabian rodriguez for stepping in and helping us uh wrap this show with us i want to thank hope thompson for her awesome writing of the actual train and the documentation um and you can see that on unmaskedhistory.com hope thompson is a writer there she had made some cool adjustments to this story for the podcast but i wanted to give a shout out to her and her writing lily mcleod is our content creator and she was on our last episode give a shout out to her jeremy did the research for this show and shift films and the high gear network produced it from all of us here at haunted garage We wish you high gears and high revs. I'm Frankie Campoletta. And I'm Jeremy David King. We'll be seeing you.